As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, and he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We've heard this story of the ten lepers many times. And it's easy to read into that and, and wonder how ungrateful those nine were. They didn't even go back to thank Jesus. What is up with that? But let's, let's be clear about something. Jesus, after all, told them to go show yourself to the priests. So what is that referring to? Well, in part of the law that God gave Abraham or gave to Moses, I should say, there was a rule that if you get the, the disease of leprosy, if those sores start appearing on your skin, you are to be excluded from the community, cast out from the community so that that very infectious disease would not ravage the whole community. You had to walk around separated from people. And if someone was approaching you, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean, so they could make sure to keep their, their distance from you. Now, if you were cured of leprosy, you had to first go see one of the priests so they could examine you and make sure you were truly cured. And then you were allowed back into the community. You could then finally go back and live with your family, finally go back and do whatever work that you did to support them. You were once again a member of that community. And so you would hazard a guess that those nine men were anxious to get back to their families, to get back to being a productive member of the community, and they knew they had to first see the priest before that could happen. But there was one man that, who had a different reaction. He as well saw he was clean. He had heard Jesus say, go to the priests. But instead of doing that, he turned around, ran back to Jesus, laid prostrate in front of him, worshiping God. He realized that he had, been, he had an encounter with God through this Jesus. 
He probably wasn't ready to call him the Son of God, but at the very least, he realized there was a divine encounter that I've had here, and because of that, I am cured, and I want to give thanks to God through his representative, Jesus. And so that's exactly what he did. And Jesus praised him for his faith. He had allowed the light of faith to shine on his mind to recognize, I have truly encountered God. In our first reading, we have another person who has cured a leprosy. Now, unfortunately, they didn't give us the whole story, so let me give you what happened before this. So Nahum is a foreigner, foreign to the land of the Israelites, and he has come down with leprosy. But he's apparently a wealthy man because he can have a whole group of people journeying with him despite him being stricken with the disease of leprosy. And he has heard there is this prophet. There is this prophet named Elijah who apparently can cure people. Well, I am going to bundle up a whole bunch of wealth, put it on these mules, and travel that, to that distant land and find this Elisha so that I can be cured. But I know it's going to be a big fee. And so I want to make sure I have enough to satisfy him. So he finally finds him. Now Nahum, of course, probably thinks Elijah, Elisha has probably got some large show and, and a whole bunch of things he's going to have to do to be cured. But instead, Elisha says, go over to the river and bathe in it seven times. Well, at first, Nahum is like, are you kidding me? I have bathed many times. It doesn't cure this. I need some miracle. And Elisha insists, go over and, and dip yourself seven times. Finally, Nahum decides to do it. In fact, one of his servants had to tell him, you were willing to do anything he asked of you. Why not do this? And so Nahum goes into the river and, and, and dunks himself seven times. And after the seventh time, when he comes out of the water, he realizes all of the sores of leprosy are now gone. He has been cured. He is extremely happy, and he's ready to pay up. So he goes to Elisha, and, and he's getting ready to unload all the gifts that he brought to leave at Elisha's feet. And Elisha says, no, I will not take anything. Because Elisha knows he was not the one who cured this man. God had cured him and only used Elisha as an instrument for his cure to go forth. Elisha was going to take no credit and no reward for what God had done. And finally, the man had this interesting request. Well, if you won't take these gifts... Allow me to take two mule loads of dirt with me as I return home. What is that about? Well, he is planning on spreading the dirt of the land where he had been healed on his home 
and then probably building an altar to God, the one who had healed him. And from that point forward, he planned to only worship the one true God, the one through whom he had been healed of leprosy. That is how he was going to show his gratitude to God. This season of fall, I sometimes like to refer to as the season of thanksgiving. Of course, towards the end of it, we have that day dedicated to thanksgiving, but I do feel like that is kind of the rhythm of this season. In fact, this past Thursday, I was part of the ecumenical prayer service at Harvest Homecoming, and each of the other ministers and myself was using this theme of giving thanks to God for all the blessings he's bestowed upon our community. And I think it was a great, a great theme to espouse that day. And I really think that that's kind of also the theme of these harvest festivals, to give thanks to God, of course, for the fruit of the fields. But it's a reminder to us that God blesses us, and he is the source of all the blessing. And we should show thanks. We should be grateful. In fact, one of my professors in seminary said, if you are Christian, you should always have gratitude in your heart because of everything God has done for you. It, of course, began at the baptismal font when we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. At that moment, we were incorporated into Christ's body, the church. We were offered the gift of eternal life. We were made adopted sons and daughters of the living God. And as we continue to gather together as a family of faith, we give thanks as well. We give thanks, of course, through our individual prayer, realizing that despite all the difficulties and trials and tribulations we may experience in our life, we still are a blessed people. We still are people loved by our God so much that he would send us his son for our salvation. And during that prayer, not only as we give thanks, we strengthen that bond, that relationship with our God as his adopted sons and daughters. We give thanks, of course, by following God's will for us. We have a no greater example of that than the Son of God. The Father in heaven looked to the Son and said, I am going to send you to be born of a woman, to unite your divine nature along with their human nature, and eventually you are going to give up your life for their salvation. And throughout his life here on this earth, Jesus continued to say yes to God's will, showing us an example. Every time we look upon a crucifix, we see the ultimate acceptance of God's will, being willing to give up everything, including his life, for our salvation. We are then called as Jesus' disciples to seek out God's will and then to say yes to it. Just as Jesus does, just as Mary, our mother, and his mother did as well. 
When we do that, we are also giving thanks to God. We also give thanks to God through our worship. I mentioned that before. When we gather together as a family of faith, especially with, for this sacrament, because after all, Eucharist is a Greek word that means to give thanks. We give thanks to God for sending us his son. We give thanks to Jesus for giving up his life and then being, making us able to participate in this, sacrament, this sacrifice every time we come together for the Mass. And then, of course, we give thanks that we are, able, we are privileged to receive his true body and blood in the Eucharist as food for the journey throughout this life. But we also give thanks to the Holy Spirit because at the very moment of our baptism, the Spirit took up residence in our hearts, promising to be with us each and every moment of our life, continuing to nudge us back to the right path, a path that will lead to eternal life in heaven. My dear friends, we are blessed. We are truly blessed by our Lord and Savior, by our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. If we recognize those blessings, if we embrace those blessings, the only response can be is to give thanks to God for all of the blessings He's given us. And that will make our Heavenly Father extremely happy with His adopted children. 